Hello and welcome back to the... Oh, I actually, it's funny that I'm going to do the intro right now and I don't think I actually talked about Chris about this, but I've kind of rebranded the podcast on it. Oh, right. Uh, if you cool. didn't realize it. No, well, I'm, I'm all ears as well, so go for it. Uh, yeah, we, uh, I've been wanting, because I kind of have like my different podcasts for different games and stuff. I kind of wanted to put them all under the umbrella. So the Age of Empires definitive podcast, I've changed it to the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. Not, not. Yep. I don't think. Listen, I don't think we are uh, so big that this uh, branding is gonna is gonna change any of our listenership. <laughs> um, that's the big fear for anyone who ever changes their name, right? Um, but, but uh, yeah, it's it's so we're now the ASA- welcome to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League podcast. I just wanted to bring everything under one umbrella. Um, so hopefully, it's not too much confusion. But we are the same show essentially. Uh, just I'm going to have to contact our blue chip sponsors just to check it's okay with them. Pepsi might have yeah, an yeah. issue with that, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go for, go with it for now. <laughs> yes. Uh, I am joined today uh, by Chris. How's it going, Chris? Uh, yeah, not so bad. A little bit of um, a <laughs> bit of... Not so bad. He's like, I'm feeling terrible. Under yeah, the weather. I'm feeling terrible, but that's just, uh, you know, mere mortal things. It's, it's not um, nothing major. It'll be gone in a few weeks. So happy days. All good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so I, I'm, I'm gonna hope you're gonna feel a little better, and I don't overwhelm you with this show. Um, we don't currently have Egg in, so uh, we'll see his whereabouts. Um, he's been a mysterious egg recently, so so we'll see we'll see how that's going. But I also wanted to mention this while we're kind of doing housekeeping at the beginning of the show here um, is the following: uh, we've been kind of looking to see if we can have maybe uh, one show that's like a little more. I mean, just pretty much. Chris and I, you know, talking casual, ridiculous stuff, all over the place stuff, um, uh, lower level ELO stuff uh, once a month. And then on top of it, uh, seeing if we can find some people who are interested in doing a more, um, I guess, high ELO kind of serious, like in-game depth strategy type talk discussion. Um, if you and your friend maybe are really into into talking about it. Um, because I think, I think it's, uh, we, we, we've kind of talked about how, like we have our silly banter, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that will listen to the show and they want to kind of hear that higher level discussion. So if we can get, you know, egg in someone or, or uh, two people who are kind of higher level and want to just, you know, just talk about uh, some of those things that, that, you know, myself and Chris are, are not going to be able to get into in depth. Um, yeah, definitely reach out uh, to the email that's associated with the podcast. Um, yeah. And, and I just, I just want to mention that uh, because I think, I think we are trying to find some way of having continuous content, um, but with, you know, different schedules and lives and stuff, uh, it's not always easy. So having more people on board is never a bad thing. Yeah. Or even um, if you've just got a good couple of ideas that you want to maybe talk about, but, you know, you maybe wouldn't want to stick around for, for a longer period, then I guess having a bit of a guest presenter would be kind of nice. We'll just call, call it a bit of an open relationship now. Oh, That's, get some uh, guests. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just have the rotating guest uh, spot. I kind of like that as well. Yeah, we're open to ideas. So let us know if you're interested. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out from there. Um, otherwise, I also... Uh, yeah, I guess one thing I kind of want to mention off the, off the top uh, when I'm talking to Chris here is that recently, Day9, who's one of my favorite StarCraft content creators from back in the day, um, has essentially put on youtube all right um him learning the game so this is like a former commentator slash um i guess 
way 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 back uh, starcraft one pro uh who who's kind of learning and trying to dissect in some ways analyze uh age of empires and it's it's very it's very like and i really enjoy him he's he's, he's very he's very entertaining and it's very like relaxed um, but he just kind of uh w- what he's done is he puts his twitch stream onto the youtube uh, in different parts and like the first part is essentially him uh and enabling the full tech tree and going through every unit and every upgrade and like talking about it with this chat and it's very interesting kind of seeing his perspective on it um mm. i'm sure some of actual age of empires pros might laugh at some of it um but i think it's kind of a cool way especially for someone starting out to um yeah to to, to kind of get like this dissection of all the units in the game so uh yeah. I, I think i'm going to link that in the chat um it sounds interesting anyway, just seeing how well the kind of killer instinct of high-level play crosses over as well. So I'm sure, as you say, there will be a few comments that will have a few people sniggering, but give the guy a month and, uh, you know, I'm sure he could be... Yeah, well, to, 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 to be fair, I, I, don't think he's been a, he's, I don't think he's been a pro player for like over a decade, so I wouldn't expect the, the mechanics to be anywhere. Um, but but his his knowledge of RTS in general and him like kind of figuring out the game I think is very intriguing, very interesting uh, as mm. he talks about it. Um, cool. So yeah, I think it's worth a watch, especially for new players. Where like me, where I well, when I was trying to like get a little more serious about this game, I was like, where do I even start? You know. So uh, I kind of feel like this is a good video to literally break down everything in the game uh, in a very casual and fun fun manner. Yeah, it's good. It's like sort of progression content, isn't it? I think that's. Wherever it comes, exactly. whether it's low elo legends, whatever, it's kind of grabs you at whatever level you were at, and it helps you kind of break down a few of those, uh, you know, worries, and maybe shows you a bit of a, a new angle on things. So, yeah, it's it's always good for new players. That. Yeah, and I also want to add to this, um, which I think is really cool, is that it seems like there's a host of StarCraft either personalities or pros that are definitely playing a lot more Age of Empires on stream. So there's there's definitely been an interest, a vested interest, I feel. Uh, kind of building for Age of Empires 2 um, within the StarCraft community. So that's pretty cool. I think I think these two communities is like, you know, the two biggest RTSs out there right now, right? Uh, it would be cool mm. to see a lot of this crossover. Uh, so I don't know if, if any takes on that, but... Uh... Yeah, no, it's, it would be very interesting. You know, almost like um, sort of the world of mixed martial arts where you get kind of a a meta, if you like, and then all of a sudden there'll be a new new technique or new kind of school of thought that comes over you might we might find that as as you've described before that the is it the amount of damage in starcraft inflicted per second is kind of crazy so you end up having really good micro skills i think you may have mentioned that before yeah yeah i'm sure you have really good micro but it's also i mean in some ways when you we think of age of empires 2 you also are dealing with um a little the the, the ai can be a little <laughs> all over the place so mm-hmm. i think that's an interesting thing kind of managing the uh the squad formation all those stuff there's there's definitely a lot of small things that i'm sure uh, anyone switching over kind of has to figure out yeah no but that, that um, sounds very interesting there could be some good like challenge tournaments ahead or something like that It'd be quite nice I, i'd love some like uh you know best of five but you like switch games <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> or 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 having like a bunch of pros from one game go to the other game uh uh, have like a reverse tournament so like all the pros from one game play in the other game for the tournament and then yeah vice versa something red bull could probably do mm. i'm sure it would be pretty cool um if there's any any company that likes to do all these like wacky idea tournaments uh red bull's one of them yeah 
I guess this is the sort of extreme base jumping stuff uh, version of the online community, isn't it? They love doing all the wacky stuff in the real world as well. <laughs> waterfalls in Guatemala and things like that. Sk- sk- so, uh, yeah, skating, uh, having a race where you skate down a hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that, definitely go check out that video. Uh, I will link it in the in the description of the show. On top of that, cool. um, yeah, I guess I guess we can. I kind of actually want to start off. We'll, we'll get into Hidden Cup because that's kind of going to be the main focus of mm. uh, Hidden Cup Four is going to be the main focus of today. Uh, watching some of the qualifiers, talking about who made it, um, some of the games. Uh, Chris Chris can fill in some of the things. I, I've been watching on and off, but um, I feel like these are one of those tournaments where it's like with Age of Empires. I don't I don't know like a lot of the players that are not in the upper upper echelon. So when I see their names, I'm like. I don't know if this is like the best player against the best player in the world, or two of like the 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 sec- the B tier players playing each other, right? Always an yeah. interesting case. Um, yeah. But no, I actually wanted to before then talk about one of my most recent games. So I I've taken a little bit, you know, uh, of a backseat of like how many games I've played per week, shall we say, right? Mm-hmm. But I noticed um, in my most recent game that I played, I think yesterday, a day before, uh, when I went into the game, maybe it's because I had like such a long break though. Um, I still I feel very comfortable. I mean, I'm still playing Lithuanians, so sorry, but um, <laughs> I still no, feel no, very no. comfortable with my. Uh, I guess what's the term with with my builds? Like somewhat, like my you know my not very polished, but it's polished enough. Like I didn't forget any of the things, even if I took a week off. And then on top of it, I felt very fresh. Like because it was the the, the first game, I felt my mind was like actually thinking for the first time in like. A while in Age of Empires, I was actually like, okay, they have a castle. I have all this cavalry, and I'm gonna like, you know, have these like two groups of cavalry running around on both sides and like avoiding the castle um, while trying to build up my own castle in front of it to get trebuchets. It was a lot of fun. It, it was like a lot of like repositioning and stuff that actually is well my most enjoyment when it comes to RTS is that kind of uh, getting them to be like, oh no, there's a big threat here, and then moving their army, and when they move their army there, you kind of attack somewhere else. Mm. So, yeah, so, so it was the first I, game in a while where I very much felt like I was doing that very well. <laughs> excellent. That's, I guess it's the whole hopping around the map, kind of managing different groups of units at once, isn't it? That's uh, that's where the the difference in levels come in. And if you can kind of, if if you're getting really kind of well acquainted with the Lithuanians, then you know that's just going to start slotting in nicely for you. I think it's almost yeah this is the funny thing about rts is like you only to know all the basics just you can start doing the fun stuff <laughs> yeah uh it's like, like a musical once... instrument isn't it it's kind of <laughs> you have to go through a lot of defeats and pretty dr- like rudimentary kind of builds and slow slow build orders and stuff until you can really get to the point where you, you do hit them in the weak spots and things oh, for sure for sure uh and I, I think that's a great analogy so yeah i I and maybe it's also the fact that my brain is so, like I said, not didn't feel as tired necessarily. Mm. So um, I was very. It kind of felt like I could do a lot more random, random, uh, micro positioning. It just felt like I was on the ball, and it's it's an awesome feeling when you're playing an RTS game. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll we'll kind of take it from here. We'll continue on. So we're gonna go into the Kitten Cup Four. There's two things I want to talk about first. Did you did you catch any of the qualifiers, Chris? Um, I did. Yeah, I caught um a few, and 
I think you'll, you'll be familiar with the way that sort of Twitch works. Um, sometimes I get to catch up with it with everything at lag, which I'm happy with watching it one or two days out of sync, but yeah, yeah. with the joys of being able to pause it in real time and do what I need to do, which is great. Cause I can watch it on a second monitor whilst working. Um, no offense <laughs> if my boss is listening, but um, yeah, that's, so that's a nice way to do it. Unfortunately, this time round, I was a bit too excited and I was actually trying to watch it live, which with a young family and all of the trappings that come with that, um, was a lot more difficult. So there were a lot of games that I really did want to watch that I missed. A lot of games were spoiled. And I was dragged away from a lot of best of five and best of seven sets after maybe one game or something. So a bit of a shame, but that's that's a side um, admin issue on my part, really. Um, to be fair, I, I feel like with the the length of certain Age of Empires games, like you almost have time to step away and come back and the series isn't done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely but i mean i i am from the land of cricket after all and and that's a oh, very very slow game so you know the, the patient side of it isn't too much of a problem i quite like having a good old best of seven in the background but yeah it can really eat through the hours and my wife has started to notice that so got to be a bit careful there <laughs> uh, I, of course of course you don't i mean i i think there is um i mean i, I i've been laughing about this of a certain esports but like Especially if you're new to it, sometimes just watching like the finals is is enough, you know, to kind of get you. Mm. The first tournament you watch, I would I would just wait for like the finals or semifinals and and just watch those games uh, as opposed to like trying to catch up, like oh who's playing now and and you know and, exactly uh, how many more games kind of is there. The, yeah, I remember having that feeling with the what was it the the World Cup that was what was that about 2v2. six months ago now a bit longer. Um, I can't exactly oh, no, I think remember. that was less than that, but um... was it? Yeah, it may well have been, I... but because um, <laughs> I, they, they're kind of fictional teams, aren't they? So um, I remember having obviously a vested interest in the UK team, but I, I had oh, no yes. idea. Yes. I had no idea, like you, know, you know, how there were. Like obviously, Hallis is the the main guy, um, but um, I, I think with the individuals, we we know their playing styles a bit more, so. The more I've watched, I think you're completely right. And it's usually the, you know, you're all in for, oh, when's the Viper on? You know, watch a bit of Yo. You might watch a bit of Huang because you've heard that he's a bit crazy with his tactics. Um, but actually, once you <clears throat> you do learn a few of them and a few of their backstories and things, you do um, start to notice interesting ties further back in the draw. Um, and that was the, the, the way with the, the qualifiers for this Hidden Cup. There were some quite big head-to-heads that, that happened, like... Um, the Max and Jordan, that could have been a, a match in the actual competition. Um, and mm. yeah, that, that was always going to be a bit of a tasty one because, and same with Jordan and Kapoch actually in the round before, um, Jordan's just come back into it fairly recently. He's been doing a lot of training and he was one of the top players in the world um, a little, well, quite a while ago. But uh, so yeah, always interesting just to see that kind of personal journey and, and whether he's going to be able to get back to the top again. Um, but he actually qualified, and it's probably quite um, one of the harder routes through the tournament by beating Kapoch and the Max on the way through. Um, mm. Yeah, no, that that is that sounds like uh, he he definitely earned his spot. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, you know, when people go away and come back, and and the, the whole world has changed. The meta, uh, it was definitely before my time, but there was a period where everybody used to just play as the Huns and charge around with cav archers. 
Um, well, it kind of came out with, uh, well, maybe not Huns, but the, the Cav Archers came back with the last turn with Doubt, right? Yeah, that Doubt's was, uh... brought them back. Yeah, he's rejuvenated <laughs> those, uh, those. well, I was going to say rejuvenated the stables, but they're actually archers, archery range, aren't they? But, um... <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, they've, they've certainly, their stake has gone up in the world. But um, there was one game that, the one that tugged on my heartstrings the most was actually... Um, so Classic Pro, uh, T90, had, I think, had quite a good insight into his form this year and said that he was sort of one to watch. He actually beat Zupi, <laughs> who was mm. uh, one of the top Finnish players, really well touted. Oh. Um, I think Zupi and Viles, who were in the same part of the draw, had had a bit of banter saying, oh, yeah, you know, it's just going to be a shame to knock my buddy out in the next round, da-da-da. Um, but Classic <laughs> Pro beat Zupi 3-0. Um, and then at one point, uh, Classic Pro was tuning up against Vales, who is a really an established part of the um, sort of Age of Empires royalty. Yes. And uh, I was really rooting for him as a Ukrainian guy. Um, but the, eventually, the class told. I think that was a mistake that got capitalised on, and uh, the sort of momentum swung. And it's it is it is quite a tricky game when there's a lot of you know emotion and stress going around and there was only really going to be one winner after it became about that but um so Viles went on to qualify as well but that was definitely one to catch up back on if if you were if you had a spare hour or so and wanted a bit of a, an exciting um sort of synopsis of it for sure for sure and i want to actually add what i thought really cool when i was watching uh some of the twitch stream is that it seemed you know this 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 kind of qualifier has been going on for a couple weeks now um, and it seemed like every every week there's more and more kind of viewers on the weekend. You know, like it, it kind of built. Mm. Uh, it kind of felt, and I, there was it was a ranging just for the qualifier, right? Twenty one thousand. Um, that is mad, which isn't I think it? Is, it's it's yeah. pretty wild for for a qualifier for one of these tournaments. Yeah, I mean, I can uh, understand there's a bit of hype, but I, I th- I'd seen a few around the sort of ten, twelve, thirteen thousand. But then, I, yeah, just like you, I, I tuned into one of the. Um, the final showdown matches. I think it got to twenty six thousand. I couldn't believe it, but um, yeah, yeah. That's, it kind that, of seems like of Age of Empires has entered that stratosphere of big tournament equals about fifty thousand, you know, forty mm. to fifty thousand, and like qualifiers or or like regular, um, some of these like smaller tournaments, but but that are done on the weekend. I think you can you can get to that twenty. So mm. it's it's kind of it's kind of really cool that it's 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 settled this way. Um, I mean, we saw that with. Uh, this was a couple tournaments ago, but there was like, yeah, it was one of the first times that we just had like fifty-seven thousand, like something ridiculous wow. uh, when it comes to viewership. So I think, I think at least watching, not not even playing necessarily, right? But I think, mm. I think from an esports standpoint, I think uh, a lot of the content creators, I'm sure, are very happy um, that uh, uh, are very happy that now. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people watching, so you, you can even see like T90 and, and Viper, uh, their their viewerships increasing as well. Some of the uh, some of the players, I know Doubt after he won the tournament streamed and was getting, you know, a thousand people watching, which is awesome. Um, yeah. So for 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 a personal stream for a player that probably isn't as known, maybe at least to the English audience, not not his like actual playstyle, but his stream, right? His Twitch mm. stream. Um. Mm, yes. So yeah, I thought I thought that's really cool. So I think. You know, I think it's good that we don't have like a big tournament every week because there might be some fatigue. We have like the almost the perfect spacing where it feels like just when you're like, oh, I wish there was like an Age of Empires tournament. Uh, it starts to roll around, right? It starts to uh, 
there's either a qualifier or something something's brewing you know so yeah. I, I really like that. We have just enough content that you want more, uh, uh, but you're not starved for it and you're not over overburdened with it. Exactly. It's like your, your favorite Netflix series as well. It's, it's kind of like that. Um, some of them, even though you love them, they go, go on a bit too long. You end up in series 10 and you kind of, you're watching it through <laughs> obligation to series one rather than the fact it's any good. So I do like the feeling of being kept kept waiting. So that's where we are now, perfectly poised before next weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's let's get into one more topic that I want to talk about this before we look at all our participants in the next weekend and when it is. Uh, that's kind of, that'll kind of round out our show. But I wanted to talk about the maps. So mm. they've had some interesting choices for maps. Uh, what are, what's your take on some of these maps I'm looking at here? <laughs> Well, first and foremost, I think uh, having watched <clears throat> a lot of the games, it's been done very well. Um, we all know that T Nineteen you know, has been involved. This this is his tournament, and he's very well connected within the scene. He talks to a lots of the pros very regularly. So um, I got the feeling that the the tweaks that were made to the maps weren't made sort of blind by kind of random sort of you know. It wasn't. It wasn't very. It wasn't technocratic in any way. If they felt very practical changes that were introduced, um, that actually made the games a lot better. So, for instance, Gold Rush, which conventionally is a bit of a lump in the middle of the map with a lot of gold <laughs> on it. You, you kind of. I don't know if you saw, but that you've kind of got this second ring uh, around the outside of that now. So that ah. means that it kind of means that you can have a foothold in the gold. Um, and it also means that if you get right in the middle and stick a castle on top, that's not game set and match. You, um, you Which know, you've good, got to work honestly hard. for Gold Rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely there's still still a lot to be had for getting in that center, but there's there's now a left of center, right of center, and then areas in front of both of the bases. So it makes for a lot more interesting interplay. Um, and then you can actually be on it without being seen as well, which which has happened mm. a few times. Um, so it just means makes for a more balanced and um, requires a more complete performance than just sticking a castle on it as soon as possible. Um, Which is good. I think I think anything some of these maps that are kind of one dimensional in the sense that like Gold Rush is usually like well whoever gets the gold kind of just wins the game right. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, it's good to kind of have this. Oh, are they there? Are they not there? Who's who's rushing for the gold? Who's kind of playing a little safer? um and yeah. not cutting too many corners so yeah i do find that very interesting exactly um, and it also disincentivizes the boom as well there's a lot of instances where say if you get a slight lead or you got a bit of a stockpile of resources um on other maps you might be tempted to just go all out boom and stick down further town centers and really crack on with your eco uh it really does incentivize having more of a all-in military whereby you can <laughs> keep keep them off the gold or push them back off it or, or push forward yourself so it's just actually nice that's really interesting that investment yeah I, I really like that right like it, in some ways one of the toughest things in in some rts's is, is the fact that you need to be incentivized to some goal to kind of like have the clashes happen earlier mm. right because if you have a really big map for instance and then there's not and it, there's like resources all over the place you're like okay we can boom or you know your only incentive will be whatever the opponent uh, does but with a gold rush type map you you are kind of forced into okay we're gonna fight over this and i need to figure this out early and i need to it it adds a, it adds a lot of drama earlier in the game that otherwise might not be there 
absolutely it, and there's there's so many more sort of levers for strategy as well um because everybody can be the, the actual game and the process of booming is quite a closed skill um so anything that takes not not to kind of rain on the parade of any boomers out there but anything that takes away from that and makes people have to think on their feet um maybe prioritize other things is a good thing and it you know makes for a more disruptive and more interesting spectator tournament if nothing else so. for sure for sure um i also see islands what do you think of islands being in here um yeah odd i it's something that i i mean i've ranted about it in the past but i generally don't touch those kind of maps with a barge pole uh, because i find the the, I'm so busy trying um, to figure out the regular maps. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so I, I, I do like the the kind of threat of a landing, an early-ish landing. That's quite good. But I do, I do find the whole um, sort of galleys and fi- no, fires taking out the galleys and galleys taking out fishing ships. I, I just think that it's too small a kind of biome, if you like, for there to be enough complexity to strategy there. So I, I just like find the limited number of, the right thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not quite for me. But there's an interesting angle now, though, that I'm again lifting uh, opinions directly from from other people here. But the fact that you have a the Portuguese are quite strong now with caravels, mm. uh, which effectively work a bit like a um, scorpion, in that you, you've got sort of um, consecutive blast damage uh, if you can line up two or three opponents they will get affected by the same shot um yeah so what you've got is the the sort of pecking order is the fire ships are good against galleys um but you can really take those you can take a lot of galleys out with um caravels as well but caravels are awful against fires i believe so Ah, (laughs) so yeah they they go down themselves quite easily yeah (laughs) but um so if you had a matchup where so Vikings don't get fire ships, so they're all archers, they're they're longboats and galleys. So Portuguese yeah. do very well against Vikings on water, um, but then anyone with fires they do less well. So there's a bit of a love triangle there or a quad now. I think it's <laughs> who have you got? You got Italians, you've got Portuguese. Um, I think Persians are half decent with good docks. Um, I know I'm missing one. I'm going to have to go past it. I'm wasting time. But yeah, so I, I just find the the range of options available a little bit tedious in islands. It's not my favorite, but the kind of landing potential is always there, which is... I, I like I like that there is that curveball map, but to your point, I think a lot of people, it kind of feels like, okay, it's a completely separate, or there's... It's like a thing you have to practice individually. You have to kind of practice a yeah. completely separate matchup to what you're regularly doing when you're practicing. I see it almost like death matches. It's kind of it's part of the same family, but it's just it's kind of a distant a cousin, really. You just leave the, <laughs> leave the island players to play islands against each other. Um, but as a as a collective, I find the maps quite good because it, they seem like um, a challenge across all the different types, rather than just kind of variations on vanilla which is where say like arabia which is the kind of one that people are most practiced on and it's mainly about booming and it's mainly about this and that and um i do like the different tactical angles posed by you know various water configurations and things like that so um, yeah i I think i think that'll do very well for having for making sure that all the people who want to really compete here really uh push for the top uh, do you mm. have these strategies, especially for the maps that are so far out of the uh, 
the norm uh, to have something prepared for them, you know? So that, I, yeah. I think that adds a lot. And they've, they've gone further as well by um, only unveiling a few of them um, at the end of the qualifier, which again, I think is quite fine. good. That's a lot of that, I mean, you, you've got, um, it's always going to be weighted towards the top eight anyway, but they've effectively been able to sit back and watch all these qualifiers um, with their with their notepads, thinking about strategies for how to deal with all these new maps and whatnot. Um, but actually, it's it's thrown that curveball that there are other maps to think about now, which is quite quite an interesting angle. Um, Bypass in particular sure, looks sure. quite interesting. Um, have <laughs> well, you seen we'll see that? This... No, I have not. No, it's it's a little bit like hideout. Uh, if you can imagine that, sort of a clump of trees in the middle with you kind of you, you sort of bases on each corner of the forest um but it's this bypass has actually got the the central strip that would usually be wooded um there's actually kind of a, a clearing through there mm-hmm. so it's almost like hot gates like the um uh, thermopylae in in uh, greece kind of you know, 300 stuff it could just be a horrific fighting ground but at, at the very least something you've got to keep an eye on so it could be interesting for sure for sure i like that I like that learning a little bit about bypass i mean just i just there's part of me who who always like i see bypass and i just imagine a map that's just like this two two giant mountains on on either side and there's just one valley that you're fighting yeah through. i mean i'm just picturing con- like asphalt roads and things like just a, a pretty dull stretch of tarmac that they just have a scrap on but lo and behold it's it's a bit more interesting than that yeah um, so yeah, lots of different maps to look forward to. I'm sure from a kind of uh, variety standpoint, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. uh, I think on top of that, uh, I would like to also maybe maybe I can take this time to kind of give us our because uh, I want to do a preview for for it. So I'll get into that the preview, the uh, the Age of Empires podcast preview of uh, Hidden Cup Four that is coming up March 18th. So uh, if you uh, listen to the show as soon as it comes out. Uh, it'll be next weekend. Uh, so you can definitely just tune in on T90's channel. Um, but here's the rundown. This is what it currently looks like. The current prize pool is $66,442 uh, US dollars. Uh, and on top of it, every Twitch subscriber that T90 gets, um, he will add $1 to the prize pool. So um, nice uh, subathon going on as well for. Uh, for uh, T90 a little bit too, but no, I, I think that's really cool that that he's kind of it's a way of I guess promoting his stream and getting more subscribers, but it also those who are getting those subscribers, he's taking a portion of that and adding it to the yeah. prize pool. So I think that's really cool. Um, the current kind of breakdown, it, so if anyone who's qualified has made two grand. <laughs> so anyone who's fought their way through the qualifiers has uh, made two grand. Um, uh, fifth, eighth place, three grand. Third, fourth, five grand. Second, ten. And first 15. So a nice chunk of change, if I say so myself, uh, for all of these players. So I think that is really cool. Mm. The players who have qualified have are oh, sorry, yeah. Let's let's start with the players who have been invited. So we had Doubt, MBL, uh Dagao, uh, Mr. Yo, Hera, Tato, um, Leary, the Viper. So those are the players that are invited. Um, you know, their their names kind of speak for themselves, and I'm sure any tournament organizer would invite them and Honestly, as someone who's qualifying, you probably wouldn't want to see them in your qualifier either. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't think there's too, too too many complaints about the particular players that were chosen. Although having invites is always uh, can always be a topic of debate. You have any thought on, on kind of having this invite for this tournament, especially with money on the line? 
Um, I, I mean, I think it's it's inevitable, really. Um, would it put some of them off if they had to fully qualify all the time? I, th- I genuinely think the standard of those guys is up there, so that they'd be there anyway. Um, whether or not it's stopping other people from developing by playing more regularly against them, I don't know. Um, one thing I would say though is is until his recent win, uh, doubt. I don't think was was um I don't think he was a guaranteed invite to this. So they they had so a bit he, of fun. I mean, yeah. Listen, his success in, in the in the previous tournament, uh, I think, definitely made it easier for him to be invited to this one, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that was interesting. And Harris hit was it two K six recently as well? Um, yeah, Harris. Hera- two things about Harris. One, his stream has been popping off. So if you want to go watch mm-hmm. someone just not lose, uh, yeah. go watch some Hera. Uh, play some Age of Empires. Um, but on top of it. Uh, yeah, he's he's one. I think he's is the highest. Is he the highest elo or in the game? Or um, I think he may well be at the moment. Yeah, I know there was a point where it was uh, who is it? Was it Leary and MBL were kind of gunning it out? That uh, might be wrong. I think Leary was one of them, but Hera's definitely um, been pushing this to two six, and he got got it. I think so. I think he is top dog at the moment. It's kind of tough because I'm sure some of these pros, um, well, one, probably have some practice partners that they play with outside of the rank ladder. Um, but two, it's like w- when they're reaching these elos, they're probably not playing the other top 10. You know, they're playing, they're probably playing people who are like competitive, but not like pro level. So, <laughs> so it, it mm-hmm. becomes like grind and, and it's it's fun in its own way. Uh, but yeah, just kind of seeing Hera dismantle all these people on the ladder is uh, entertaining to know and uh let me get into those who qualified those who had to fight their way those who didn't have uh the silver spoon handed to them mm-hmm. per se uh accm uh, has qualified uh nikov has qualified backed uh vi 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 i think it's villes most people call him villes but i have heard different things so yeah uh barles uh vinchester <laughs> Jordan and uh, Vivi. So, yeah, re- and it's it's kind of cool to have uh, our the Vietnam uh, players qualify because I think, especially uh, from what I heard when I was kind of you know my foray into Age of Empires one scene is that in Vietnam the game is very popular. So, uh, very cool to see uh, some AOE two pros uh, qualifying yeah. for this big tournament. I think one guy uh, to keep keep an eye on is is Vinchester. He's been looking very impressive and. By all accounts, he is a thoroughbred in the making as well. So um, it's worth keeping an eye on him. He's still quite young. Um, so, you know, no one's going to know who they're playing against, which is, of course, the quirk of Hidden Cup 4. The fun part, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, and the, it, this is all caveated by the fact that the standard is that high, and it has been in the past whereby you can come up against um, the Viper in the first round and be in the form of your life, but not even register <laughs> a punch in, in the tournament. So... It's hard to judge people by their performance in Hidden Cup, but I wouldn't be surprised if Vinchester um, got past at least the first round, got, got you know, at least maybe a couple of rounds in. But it's, it's another thing as well that some of the better or the more experienced players like Viper do actually mix up their own playing style just to try and confuse people and just build up that hype as to whether whether um, whether people think it's them or Always not. Always the so, entertainer. <laughs> but yeah, a bit of entertainment, a bit of a double troll going on. It's it's all there for us to see. So um, yeah, cool concept. Uh, for sure, for sure. Um, 
my first kind of reaction because we're, we're, we're previewing this tournament so let's let's talk about some of these players um mm. my first reaction is i feel mbl and mr yo will be the quickest figure out uh these uh you know dangerous um strategies reckless some might call uh, i think mr yo and mbl will be those players that you'll figure out pretty quickly that's my guess at least uh, but i may be mistaken um yeah, do you, do you have any players you think that maybe because uh, it is hitting cup that you think you'll figure out uh, will be easier to figure out? Um, M- you are allowed to lame in this tournament as well, although apparently the, the maps have been configured so that all of the lameables, so your your balls and whatnot, are at the back of your base. Yeah. Um, M- MBL's got a reputation for that. Um, and he, he does, um, although, he, as you say, he, he can be quite aggressive. He is... Um, pretty pretty strong at booming so if you if you see an early ball lane followed by just megalomania <laughs> taking over the whole map then there's a good shout it could be him um that i think leary is quite strong with archers a lot of the time but as with all the top players they've got to be pretty flexible across the piece um i would say that cav archers might point you to doubt and that would have been the case but i think genuinely the matter has changed with that performance and um of course, curved balls are going to be thrown. You might be avoiding that. And you can't be a one-trick pony with these things. Um, but, I mean, other than that, I'm not I'm not sure. Somebody mentioned that Vinchester always uses the town centre to kill a ball, but I think most of them do these days. So uh, I think that's quite niche. There you um, go. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I'm sure it'll be interesting. And, like, uh, what's the big joke? I mean, this it's not the case currently because I think there's a lot of uh, players who have won tournaments that um but when i kind of started getting into age of umpires which i think was about you know half a year ago or so right mm. um there was like a moment that the viper and hera it was like oh it's probably the viper and hera because they've been the top two in every other tournament <laughs> mm-hmm. um i don't think yeah. that'll be the case though i think there i think there's definitely some more movement right now in, in that top top spot so i think that'll yeah. be a lot of fun well, the Vipers uh, missed out on quite a few big tournaments recently, but he still has, mm-hmm. I think he's got an un, unbeaten record in Hidden Cup. I think he's won all three. So um, so if you want to if you want to place your bets, it's a good a good chance Viper will be in the finals. And I yeah. guess I guess that makes sense too, because with so much variety and so much unknown, um, players that you know are considered the best overall will tend to rise to the top, right? Um, yeah. It's not about preparedness per se. Well, it's not that preparedness isn't a factor, but with with this, where you don't know exactly who your opponent is, mm. um, the the kind of overall ability in every area of the game, not just one area in the game, will kind of shine, will rise to the top. I feel so. Uh, I would not be surprised if he kind of gets to the finals. With this being said, I actually want to ask you. It might be um, might be a because we're trying to preview here maybe we can do a prediction on who you think will win the tournament that might be fun hmm. uh, so okay. if you take a guess <laughs> right um i think this is going to be one almost by temperament so that if for instance if it was a normal match and you were um let's say doubt and your opponent would know that you're going into well that they may take a punt that you would want to go into cav archers um However, because you're hidden, I'm just wondering if there is a, if it relieves that pressure slightly because you don't have to kind of counter your own meta because they don't know who you are. Okay, I've changed I mean? my mind. Doubt will be the first figured out. Anyway, you keep going. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's going to be because people will be having to play with an with an eye on trying to stay anonymous. So it's how comfortable they are with maybe their second and 
third um, instinctive approaches, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously everyone has to think on their feet. The standard's that high that you can get punished for a small mistake and it can snowball. So I think it's who's who's going to be most comfortable in their second skin. Um, I think the Viper, I think he might get found out. Um, I think there's going to, he's, he's struggled against some of the other top players in the last few tournaments. So I, I think he will come unstuck. Um, I think, I think Yo, actually, I think Yo is, is good at getting on top and punishing people. I've seen him be quite diverse with, with what he uses as well. Um, I'm just going to go for a punt with Yo. Okay. Okay. There you go. Well, yeah, I, I feel like that's a very good choice. Mr. Yo. Uh, good, good, good choice. I'm going to go with Hera, the Canadian. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. represent the Canadians here. I feel Hera has a very good chance. Um, yeah. He's, he's one of those monster players that, uh, yeah, I would never bet against him. you know, although to be fair, I wouldn't bet against, you know, most of these players. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah. We'll see how that goes. Um, and the best would be if like someone made it to the finals from the qualified bracket and everyone like thinks it's like one of the invited players. I think that would be the best story uh, possible. Mm. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. I don't know who it would be, who would be able to do that, but I think it would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. With all that being said, any any kind of final thoughts here on the candidates? Yeah, the- I mean, I'm not actually. I've not watched any of the other hidden cups, so it's, I guess, a question to you. Uh, I hope it. I hope we. I can find the answer out. But uh, so, once a player gets knocked out, is their identity unveiled, or does the whole thing wait till the end? Oh, I do not remember. I think. Uh... I think it'd be nice to know until as the end go. of the tournament. Until the end of the tournament. That's what I've read from the Liquipedia. Really? Okay. So. That kind of makes right. sense though, because you you don't want to eliminate people, right? You want there to be a suspension of yes disbelief, I guess. The idea that oh no, this could be you know um, this could be uh, I don't know uh, Winchester, you know, in the finals here. It could be. yeah. Oh, it's actually I guess... it's actually Viper, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could rule everything out by process of elimination. Otherwise, couldn't you? So yeah, you don't um... want to know who the finals are. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well... No, that's um, that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm look, really looking forward to it, and hopefully there can be some inroads made by some of the less players. And, and Hera does deserve a, a major tournament win as well. So he's not really had one yet, I don't think. But um, yeah, let's see it. Let's see it. I'm looking forward to it. For sure, for sure. Okay. Uh, so I guess the final thing that I want to kind of leave the show up. I hope everyone enjoyed our show today. But the final thing is maybe give you when this tournament starts. So it's March 18th. Uh, so Thursday, Thursday, March 18th, um, just go to uh, T90s, all, any and all links that we've mentioned in the show. So the day nine video, um, the Liquipedia page to kind of follow the results and the uh, T90s Twitch channel will include. So you can, uh, yeah, uh, maybe get, get, get some hot chocolate, get a coffee, uh, you know, wrap, wrap yourself up in some blankets beside a fireplace, uh, put on T90s Twitch channel on Thursday and, uh, and enjoy the Hidden Cup for one of the biggest tournaments in the AOE scene. So, yeah, I hope I hope all of you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the preview. Um, we'll try to remember that we chose Mr. Yon Hera uh, for when we returned <laughs> to uh, double check that and kind of laugh about uh, our predictions. Uh, and yeah, if like I said, like we said in the beginning of the show, if there's anyone who who might be interested in doing a show once a month, 
uh, a kind of a higher level play or you and a friend, you know, you have a friend that, that really would, would want to dive into some of the, uh, the specifics of AOE that, that myself and Chris don't. Um, feel free to reach out. Uh, and with that, uh, I think we're good, Chris. You good, Chris? You got you got any any last words for our audience here? Um, no, other than your speakers are fine. It is just my my throat. I've um, I clearly <laughs> changed my uh, my food collection balance back to foraging from nice healthy vitamin C rich berries, and I'll hope to be back on better health <laughs> next time. Um, amazing, we'll amazing. Yeah, I'd like to thank all our listeners who've been uh, listening to the show. We've had a regular listenership for all our shows recently, so I'm very happy that we've maintained uh, all you, all the people who listened to the first show, and the second show, and the third show have, uh, you know, all of them have stuck around for all. I think it's nine, ten, I don't know, nine or ten shows that that we're on now. So thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, if you ever want to help us out, you know, you can always just honestly at this point just tell uh, other people who play OE uh, about us, and uh, I think I think that would be super helpful. Except for that, thank you. Uh, we'll see you when we see you. No promises. Uh, it could be two weeks. Could be a month. I think. I think it might. Well, we're gonna try for two weeks, but I'm gonna make no promises. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see you when we see you. I hope you enjoy the Hidden Cup, and we'll be back to review the results in the future. Perhaps we could do a hidden presenter where we could um, we we tell <laughs> our names and. Uh... <laughs> I think they'll like probably it. guess quite quickly, though. Uh, yeah, I'll, well, you'll put on a Canadian accent, and I'll do my best British impersonation for all of yeah. five seconds. Oh, that'll be fun. Let's fun. let's do it. Let's do it. I'll be great. Okay, okay, for sure. All right. Anyway, see everyone. Goodbye, and thanks for listening. Bye bye.